0: Welcome to the Professional Services Pursuit, a podcast featuring expert advice and insights on the professional services industry. I'm Banu Behburi, and my guest today is Dave Yusuf, Senior Vice President of Customer Success at Q2. Dave has a rich background in leadership roles in both PS and CS, and I'm excited for our discussion on the topic of customer for life. Dave, great to have you with us.
1: Banu, it's a pleasure to be with you as well.
0: As we've discussed, the goal of any company is to turn every customer into a customer for life. In the case of a software company, this means how to retain them, but also how to drive growth, whether it's through expansion of usage, adoption, subscription fees, but also referrals and referrals to other prospects. Today, I'd like to get your perspective on how you orchestrate a customer for life journey. How do you manage that through a complex organization where you've got handovers from implementation to support to customer success to product team? And how do you make all of these various teams work together in tandem to make it a seamless experience for our clients? And how do you manage and measure that success? Because unless you're obviously effectively measuring your delivery, you won't know how to continuously improve that. So what are the potential roadblocks in the journey? Let's get into it. Let's get started by having you Walk us through your career leading to Q2 and what it is that you do at Q2 and how that journey has impacted where you are today.
1: I had a very interesting uh, career journey, uh, starting out as a microprocessor design engineer and then moving up uh, from IT to product management to sales and then running my own security software startup. And then I've spent a big chunk of my uh, career in uh, service delivery, customer success and support And I've also uh, been very, very fortunate and lucky to sit in many different seats. Uh, I've been uh, Chief Services Officer, SVP of Services, Group VP of Services and Support, Solution Strategy, uh, Sales and Marketing uh, Head, as well as Business Unit GM. And I've also had the opportunity to work in a variety of different industries for some of the leading software firms like uh, Q2, NextGen, uh, Sphera, Epicor, Allscripts, uh, CA Technologies, MCI Verizon, and in, in summary, I guess uh, I've had a great opportunity and, and have spent a majority of my career viewing and servicing customers from a variety of different lenses, and I think uh, that is what I love about my job is just being able to focus on the customer and making sure that we're delivering value to our customer. And that's kind of what excites me every day.
0: Yeah. And it's it's with this rich background that I was interested in your perspective. And how does one create a client for life and you know, post-sales client journey, customer journey?
1: The short answer is by creating customer centricity and alignment around the business outcomes that we want to drive. Uh, And and what I mean by that, let me explain, we all want our top line and bottom line growth, bookings and revenue growth, EBITDA, and margin expansion. I've spent a lot of time in uh, private equity firms where EBITDA is king and it gets beaten into you. But these are outcomes and end results. But you get a multiplier effect around these things if you can focus on understanding and creating customers for life. The goal of any software company is to turn every customer into a customer for life and not only retain, but also drive growth. In terms of usage, adoption, subscription fees, any of the metrics we want to look at, the challenge is creating customers for life is not a task, which can be delivered by a single department within a company. In my experience, what I found is that customers for life are created by orchestrating and managing wholesale customer journeys. So you have a number of different journeys. You have the deployment journey. You have the usage and adoption journey. You have customer care and resolution journey. uh, You also have the customer success journey. And if you can successfully manage these journeys in parallel in a way where it leads to a business partner-like relationship with the customer, the outcomes are not only obvious ones, the things that we all care about, retention and growth, but it also creates a strong reference, which is critical in today's digital, uh, social media-driven business environment that we all operate in. But it also creates a partnership for strengthening go-to-market approach, and you can collaborate with your key subject customers to road test your product roadmaps, your emerging functionality gaps or trends, maximizing your ROI. So that's in a short way is how I approach customer journey and customers for life.
0: So. On that point, let's get into the how. What are some of the best practices around orchestrating and measuring success across these multiple customer journey segments? Clearly, as we said, unless you can measure it appropriately and drive everyone in cohesiveness uh, to drive that customer success, you can't continuously improve the process. So, for example, on deployment journey, usage and adoption, customer care and resolution, and customer success, how do you how do you bring it all together and measure appropriately?
1: All right, now we're going deep. The challenge in most organizations is that each of these customer journey segments are managed by different functional teams. So the implementation services team is generally managing the deployment journey. You have your customer success, support team managing the resolution and care journey, and you have your customer success team typically managing your relationship, strategic planning. And Banu, I'm sure you remember in the early days at Sphera, uh, when we pulled everyone together to understand the customer journey maps and where the gaps were, we all walked away enlightened lighted with a renewed sense of excitement around the roadmaps. And that helped us shape our vision and our go-to-market approach across the company in every department. And, and similarly, you know, so taking it in a different direction, I view the software firm as a car with four wheels. You have sales, customer success, services, uh, typically in the front, and you have product and support in typically the rear wheels. And like cars, they could be the front wheel, rear wheel, or all wheel drive. And you know, similarly, some companies are sales driven. Uh, others are more technology or product driven. But I think the best outcomes comes around creating customers for life is when you can become an all wheel drive Or you can drive alignment around these different functions to create momentum and velocity for the company where there is not only a focus around each of these areas, but there is a focus around how do we sort of drive alignment to gain forward momentum, right?
0: So Dave, what's from your perspective, what's the role of culture and organizational value in bringing all these different departments together with that one optimal sort of goal or objective of driving superior customer experience and that customer for life? Yeah, I mean,
1: it conceptually it sounds simple and until you start doing it, right? With this question, you've kind of opened up a very interesting kind of a, a, a challenge that most companies are facing. When you start focusing on what we just talked about, optimizing all of these different aspects of customer journeys, you open up a Pandora's box of internal turf battles, and you have department focused goals incentives and KPIs. What do I mean by that? Well, implementation wants to bill for every dollar and billable utilization is king. And then here comes support or customer success asking to give away some free PS time to improve uh, usage and adoption or to solve a critical issue. And we get wrapped around the axle on how do we fund this thing and how it will impact the KPIs and margin and people's bonuses. And I think the key is to really creating uh, customer success by having ELT and the operational leadership team, the OLT uh, level kind of aligned around the strategic priorities and, and agreeing on the approach around how we're going to balance both the here and now goals, which are the departmental functional kind of goals, but also the longer term priorities and the customer priorities that we're trying to drive, right? As an example, and one of my previous firms, I mean, we had a great process where every year each department created a pool of dollars and hours to fund these zero cost services. We allocated X millions of dollars to this effort and had established process around how to tap this with executive approval and a process around it. This made it easy and a very good approach to create alignment and funding. Everyone agreed and that this will come at a cost. Available so, utilization may take a few points hit. Support may need more staffing, and similarly, I mean, you know, on the development side, uh, we worked with R and D to build some time in each of their sprints, or dedicate a whole sprint even uh, every now and then to handle usability and supportability, which I'm sure you know is not a focus that any product manager is thinking about and driving. Typically, and I've sat in the product management solutions leadership team, you know, our focus always was, you know, what can we do to create more n- new features? How can we differentiate ourselves in the market? And usability and the supportability was not something that we were looking to spend a lot of dollars towards. But customers and support need this to drive adoption and usage. And this is how you sort of create value in the eyes of the customer. This is a great example of you know how you can sort of pre-plan to create alignment in the end, all with the eyes towards creating customers for life.
0: I love the fact that you raised it's got to be believed at the executive level, OLT level, incentive plans that are coordinated in driving to that common objective. And I think values that are aligned. I know at our company, our top two values are one to colleagues first or team members first, employees first. And then the second one is superior customer experience. And so I I think it's got to be all the way through your culture. It's got to be supported by your incentive plans. And it's got to be lived by your executive. That's the only way you can really get the outcomes you want from a, a customer for life perspective. All of that said, yeah, sure, it's it straight, seems straightforward, right? Get the incentive plans right, the executives aligned. But why is there so much debate? I mean, this is probably one of the most most talked about sort of topics, whether it's in software or, or B2B, etc. Why is it such a challenge? Uh, and it seems like every company wants this, but results vary drastically and approaches vary drastically. It's
1: because, again, it's, it's easier said than done, right? And as I gave in my examples, I, I think the challenge is uh, executive alignment and making sure that you have a clear defined alignment between the short term of functional level objectives, as well as a longer term objective for the company. And I think this is you know, this is where the rubber meets the road in terms of making the customers for life uh, journey successful. And this is where the challenge comes in, as I shared in some of my previous examples. Yeah. But it's something that we have to solve, right? If we're going to be successful, the the results that we gain by driving such an alignment are significant for the companies. So we have to figure out a way. How do you drive more alignment in terms of measuring and uh, creating some measures of how do you gauge whether you're being successful in this journey or not?
0: Yeah. So how do you measure customer experience from your perspective? Well, I think, you know, what
1: we have in place today in most organizations is that each function and department within the company has always key performance indicators, like for for delivery, where I've spent a lot of my career managing and leading professional services organizations. Uh, It's always billable utilization. It's always the backlog. It's always the revenue that we're driving for the company. For the support organization, it's going to be the case closure, the productivity. The goal is how do you you know create a view which measures and gives you a good gauge of these customer journeys, like the deployment journey or the resolution journey, and not just the individual goals and objectives and KPIs for the departments, which may or may not translate into what the customer cares, right? Customers really don't care about your utilization or your margin and those kinds of things. They care about the end results and impact and ROI that they're receiving from the solution. So I think what you can do is you can take a balanced scorecard approach uh, by aggregating the metrics, uh, which effectively measure the customer experience score for each of these functional teams, and more importantly, for the customer journey segments that you're trying to measure. So for example, for implementation team, which is going to be driving your deployment journey, you will look at, you know, project backlog. You would look at go live delays. You would look at post go live, you know, sort of case volume and for support, it will be something case backlog resolution SLAs, the escalations for DevOps. It will be the system availability. And when I mean system availability, it's not just that the system is up, but are the critical portions of. Uh, the application up and running. For example, for us, you know, we measure that by looking at money movement. At the end, the system can be available, but if our customers are not able to send wires and ACH transactions and things, it's irrelevant if the system is available. So the key functionality that you're trying to drive within the system has to be available. And you have to be able to sort of look at it from the, in the DevOps, from major incidents situations. So I think once you have the score... And each of these journey levels, you sort of aggregate key items uh, to create an overall customer experience score. First, you take some of these key metrics to create a journey level score, and then you aggregate them uh, to create a customer experience level score. This is where you're taking your metrics and turning into more of a customer-facing uh, scorecard of what matters to the customer, and then being able to measure yourself, right? The... The challenge is, I mean, it's a great concept, and it seems very logical. Uh, the challenge is that none of the software tools that are out there today, even when you look at something like a site or Qualtrics or, or Salesforce, are giving you this view. So it is kind of uncharted territory and requires some brute force, BI efforts, some cross-functional teaming. It is also an iterative process, as the output in the first pass may not be 100% aligned But it is a necessary step, right? And then you need a process and an alignment to drive actions to improve the pieces that this scorecard is going to sort of uncover uh, that are impacting the customer experience. And you need a deliberate and aligned kind of an approach of how we're going to go and improve this.
0: So I love the concept, right? The balanced scorecard. I mean, there's so much material out there and controversy around whether you use NPS, CSAT, all the other different methods, right? That come around voice of the customer and getting feedback. And the concept you're introducing here with this balanced scorecard is can can complement any of the other sort of survey-based CSAT, NPS, et cetera, And they are based on understanding the journey. So it's going to be that balanced scorecard will be different for each company, right? It's going to be based on their analysis of the journey and understanding by if I'm understanding you correctly, understanding what the. Um, client journey demands of a product team. What would be a client success from a product delivery perspective, from a support perspective, from implementation, and then having those measured and together that forms the balanced scorecard. I I just love that concept because I think without that, um, that's why you have so much controversy around some of the other measurements, NPS, he said, because it's not necessarily taking into account across various departments, bring them together in one, this one balanced scorecard. So I think that's a great idea. So what are the challenges in, in getting there with a balanced scorecard outside of, I know you talked about the tools, that you don't have a tool in the market, et cetera. What else is is the challenge and what should our listeners look for when they're developing this concept?
1: Yeah, the big trap that people fall in, and we've been doing balanced scorecards for Uh, decades, right? So this is that's not a new concept. The challenge is that all of those balanced scorecards are looking at the business only from our lens and looking at it from only what we care about. The only thing most organizations would look at is they would have an NPS score, they would have a customer SAT score, and they would look at that as a measure of how well are we doing for the customer. They would look at things like, you know, what is our retention rate Well, that's very self-serving in my view, right? That's very self-serving to us as a company of what our retention rate is or what our net churn or net growth number is. It's all very internal company facing. I think that the challenge here is to put ourselves in the customer's lens and and take a look at it from a customer's angle and see how do we view this from the customer journey, what customers care about. So we focus and tilt this balance scorecard towards things that matter to the customer, right? So it's not about our billable utilization. It's not about, you know, how much margin are we making or things that we care about, which are still very important and something we need to continue doing. But in order to measure, engage the journey, we have to view it from the customer's lens. And this is where sort of the trap comes in is that most business leaders and most organizations are very comfortable in measuring from their lens, but, you know, struggle with when they try to go and look at it from the customer's angle. I'll I'll give you an example, and I think it's a lesson that I learned very early on in in my career for a very large Fortune 50 company, you know, was a customer of mine, and I was an executive sponsor for that company. And we had closed a very large sales transaction, and we had, it so happens that about a month later, we had our sales conference, internal sales kickoff uh, coming in for our new year, and we wanted to create some visibility and momentum and some rah-rah with our sales team around this particular win. So we wanted the customer to record a, a video for us and why they selected us. And, and I still remember this conversation with this CIO. I mean, it's been more than a decade uh, ago. They said, Dave, I'll do this for you as a favor, but I want you to know that so far this is your success. It's not my success. My success is going to come when you guys implement the software we have and I start getting value from it and I start getting the ROI. So I will hope you get your success and celebrate your success, but you got to get me to my success. And I think that's the lens that we've got to look at it. And, and I think if we do the scorecard from the customer's lens and look and see the metrics and the measures that are important to the customers and are true to ourselves, right? That we are accurately gauging ourselves in those areas and measuring and and ranking ourselves, I think you can drive a true improvement in in this.
0: Excellent conversation, Dave. Thank you. It's been very uh, informative and I'd like to ask that you come back sometime in the future so that we can see the progress you've made at Q2 with this balanced scorecard but it's been extremely informative. I like to usually finish off by asking the speakers on what are they reading? What, what's their recommendation in terms of uh, books that have influenced their thinking, whether it's professional or personal life, any recommendations for our listeners?
1: I think I'll, I'll point to a couple of things. Uh, one, uh, you know, I, I just love the Harvard Business Review and they come up with a lot of short articles. And I think I would encourage everybody there's always something very relevant and very timely that they're talking about. I mean, you know, there's a lot of conversations taking place around the Great Resignation and how do we bring right. employees back into the office now that they've been working remotely, and uh, it's challenging the managers of how to operate differently. So I think there's always some great nuggets of information there, and they're very bite-sized consumable. So I would encourage everybody to look at that. But a, a great book I read recently, it's called Think Again by Adam Grant. And it's a good book. In this book, I mean, Adam through short stories is reinforcing and exploring the importance of rethinking versus sort of clinging on to our old beliefs and biases. And especially, I mean, I think for business leaders, the more we have been in, in these kind of senior level roles and more we've been able to deliver successes, you know, we get sometimes trapped by our playbooks and we want to come in and always want to apply the same playbook that we may have seen successes and we have certain biases and beliefs. And the the interesting thing is the world is always changing and we need to change our thinking as well. And our beliefs need to evolve with the business, with the times. It it can apply equally in your personal and professional life. So I, I think this is a great read and that's a couple of areas.
0: Yeah, I love that. Fresh thinking. Dave, thanks for a great conversation. Really appreciate your time. I know you're a very busy individual. As always, please reach out to us with questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear more about at podcast at Kentata.com. We would love to hear from you. Thanks, Dave. If you enjoyed this podcast, let us know by giving the show a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform and leaving a comment. If you haven't already subscribed to the show, you can do so anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And to learn more about the power of Cantata's purpose-built technology, go to cantata.com. Thanks again for listening.